Welcome back to Bump Grind and Rosé <laughs> for a very special episode this week. My name is Zach. I am the production manager here at the Seacoast Rep. And as always, I am joined by Elise. I'm the company manager here. And this week, if you couldn't guess from our little intro there, we're doing a little <laughs> mystical episode. Can a you little, feel the magic? Can you feel a little wizardy today? <laughs> You feel a little oh, wizardy. I um, love it. <laughs> and we, there is no way we could do a Harry Potter themed episode without one very, very special guest. Oh, she literally murder us. <laughs> so without we have a very special guest in the studio here today, Miss Coachella Kate herself. What? Hello. Wow. Welcome, Kate. Hi. If you don't listen to Coachella Kate, she's on right before us every yeah, Wednesday. I am. And she's uh, an absolute star of chaos and all things uh, chaotic, Kate. chaotic Kate. Yes, there we go. <laughs> um, and so we are doing we've paired up. This is a long time coming because we've um, wanted to have Kate on as a guest for a long time. So basically since the beginning, yeah, since the very she was there for the recording of our very first episode. Mm-hmm. She was she was hanging, yeah. listening yeah. to us live in solidarity and support. Yeah. And it's, you know. It's been nine, 18 episodes leading up to this. So. It's been a journey. So welcome to episode 19. Um, as we do every week, we take a overall vibe and theme that we want to talk about, pair it with a beverage mm-hmm. to go with that. So this week, obviously, is a Harry Potter themed episode. And Elise, what kind of beverage did you concoct for us? We have a butterbeer cocktail, Ooh. of course. It's so um, good. It's actually a play on a house recipe that Mark Michael Adams um, makes for the Christmas at Hogwarts every year, the improv troupe that oh. comes in. Um, it's Stranger Than Fiction. And mm-hmm. they do a Christmas at Hogwarts. It's a Hogwarts themed improv show. Yeah. Um, and he makes a butterbeer cocktail. Butter beer cocktail with a butterscotch, schnapps, vanilla vodka, and ginger ale. And I didn't want to buy a whole bottle of vanilla vodka because I'd never <laughs> use it for anything else. But I did have vanilla schnapps, probably from a previous beverage that we've made on here. So um, we used a, a vanilla schnapps, a butterscotch schnapps, and ginger ale, and it's it's pretty tasty. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm it's really I'm good. pleased. Mm-hmm. It's um it's devoid of any of the real like creaminess that you might find at a uh, a Disney resort perhaps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but also it's like 85 degrees today and I don't think I wanted to drink anything with whipped cream like, in it. So no, um no. this is this is a happy summer alternative. <laughs> no, this is wonderful. Really like fulfilling my Potter dreams, you know. Yes, it's all of the flavor <laughs> without any of the heaviness. <laughs> And Elise, as uh, I have for some recent episodes, I've decided to um, come dressed as the theme. Oh, yes. So you want yes. to describe for the audience, um, what am I wearing Oh, today? my goodness. Uh, too many layers. <laughs> too many layers is the answer. Um, yes, like I said, it's it's very warm. And Zach said, <laughs> not an obstacle. Um, he is Real wearing Brandon James a mentality full, over here. full black robe lined with green yes. for his house Slytherin mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. green striped tie yes. a button down black pants black shoes he yeah. is ready for Hogwarts and he's girl. wielding his yeah. wand so we are ready here today yes we are we're going to talk about later in the episode where in the world did I get all of this stuff <laughs> And we have some gifts, we have some prizes, we have quizzes later, we have show and tell later. What a packed episode of things. Yes. Stuff to do. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. And so our music today is a combination of music from the movie as well as there's a whole genre of music of like um, Harry Potter themed 
Bands. Bands. Yep. So we have some of those. We also have some from the Harry Potter musical. We have just like a whole range of stuff. And that's the Harry Potter musical that the college did, not um, Cursed Child or anything else. Star Kid presented it. Yes, exactly. So it's very exciting. It's a lot of um, really passionate folks sharing their love of Harry Potter in music. Mm -hmm. And it's... Awesome. And I think right now I have just the, to get it out of the the way too, is there's so much going on right now with the author of the Harry Potter series, J.K. Rowling, who has taken to Twitter and made a lot of really problematic statements about trans people and people being people or not. So mm-hmm. we know no one, no way want to like endorse any of the comments that she's been making on her Twitter. Of course we did our pride episode a couple weeks ago and like, Trans people are people and they're not people that should like be relegated to like mental institutions or hospitals or a lot of the medicalization she's been talking about, which has been not so great. Yeah, really unfortunate considering the love and passion that people have for her work. Mm -hmm. And the creatures that she created, like the world that she created, she can't also get into her tiny brain that like people are people no matter what. And so much about Hogwarts, one of the big themes in the books and the movies is like who deserves to be at Hogwarts, like people who are purely wizards of wizard parents or people that are not. And Mm -hmm. like there's a big of like who belongs and who doesn't as a central theme of her book and like to be then herself, like who belongs as a person who doesn't as is kind of shitty. Yeah, so it's unfortunate. Such a good social commentary. Yeah. Yeah. She did such a good job and then she just train wrecked it. Oh, but only for white street people. So all of that to say, we're t- this was a big part of at least all three of our uh, growths and upbringings. And we have really fond upri- um, memories of these books and these stories. So we want to talk about some of our shared love for that. But we can't just like ignore the big drama that's been going on. With Miss Rowling herself. Correct. So, with that being said, shout out to all of our trans brothers and sisters. We love you. We hope that the best for you. And, you know, kind of fuck JK Rowling. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for your work. But please go sit in a corner. (laughs) Yes. Um, So, with that, let's take it to some more music. We have coming up here a song that I've never heard before. I'm very excited for this world of Harry Potter themed rock bands. This is Hey! Exclamation point, Mr. Ollivander by Riddle TM. So, enjoy. There's a shop in Diagon Alley And it's been there since 382 BC He makes ones for all the first years about to go to school And he's really old and creepy but I think he's rather cool between my nostrils but please don't ask me why
back to Bump Grind and Rosé, <laughs> muggles, wizards alike, everyone and anyone. So to start us off, we just, that was Hey Mr. Ollivander, our first song. And then we also had Freaking Ask Me to the Yule Ball by The Parcel Mouth. Freaking Ask Me, man. And what a little, like, I was swaying, I was jamming. <laughs> it's fun. It's a cute little girl rock song. I just love this genre of, like, Harry Potter rock that's, mm-hmm. like, It's all created. Very similar. I was literally just like blind adding things to yeah. this playlist and then went back and was listening through them all. And I was like, is this a different band? <laughs> the same band? It's definitely like the same band? The same genre of people who wrote Harry Potter fan fiction and was like, Harry oh, and absolutely. Draco, let's no, get together. And I was like, it is, yeah. it, the lyrics are all just, it's fully immersed in the world. Yeah. It's yeah. so yeah. fun. And it's oh, like yeah. the Venn diagram of like theater kids, music kid, and like Harry Potter kid. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like yeah, yeah. a circle. <laughs> <laughs> like Kate Dugas is pinpointed right in the middle. So right. Like, uh, <laughs> Katie. <laughs> So for this segment, we normally do games and like things, but this week I wanted to um, ask each of you, like, kind of, what's your first or like most poignant memory of Harry Potter, like in when you were reading the books, maybe or the movies or whatever. Like, what kind of sticks out as like first when you think about the books and the movies? Do you want me to go first? Sure, I'll go first. I read them as a child, obviously. Been obsessed since I was a child. And I think I discovered them because I didn't like reading books. Mm. And then I read the first one and I was like, oh shit, this is for me. (laughs) And I was like, the weird music girl. And I was like, oh man, it's for me. Read them all within like a week and started introducing my family to the movies. And movie three, Prisoner of Azkaban, everybody. Don't want to spoil it for you, but here we go. It's what this podcast (laughs) is about. Yeah, (laughs) 20 years later, here we go. Uh, Sirius, it's like the the whole premise is like Sirius is Harry's godfather and he's like trying to escape and Harry's trying to help him and they go back in time. And there's this character called Buckbeak, who's a hippogriff. And I watched it with my uncle on vacation at Hampton Beach. And the entire time, I don't think he really paid attention. I think he was just like watching it because he knew I loved it. (laughs) And by the end of it, he was like, I was like, did you love it so much? Because I'm like the little dork who's like, I loved it. Did you love it? I wanted to show you all my special things. And he was like, yeah, I really liked that bird beak. (laughs) (laughs) We like still talk about it to this day. How I was like, I showed you the thing that was the most favorite in my whole life. And you thought it was bird beak. (laughs) Spoiler for later in the podcast, I'll talk about when I got to go to Harry Potter Studios in London, where they filmed a lot of the movie or all the movies. And they have an animatronic studio wing, which is where all the like different creatures they created. And you got to like walk up to Buckbeak and like see him. Did you bow? Did you respectfully bow? Yeah. And then he bows like back to you. Like it's like the way they make those creatures that are robots like move and look lifelike is unreal like it's i also like the thought that you went down there and you like did the whole process like you yeah. bow to him he bows back and someone's behind there with a little ro- remote control like <laughs> damn it this kid and he's like bow back <laughs> okay <laughs> sitting behind a wall yeah, it's just like i get paid to just do this all day for all these tourists all like, these tourists who like know how the books work and they're like Oh, I gotta be- make yeah, him bow yeah. for and you. He like looks around and the- yeah, it's just so great. Oh, feed him a ferret. That's awesome. My, I remember I first read the first books. I think the first book came out when I was in like second or third grade, maybe. And I remember getting it and trying to read it and being very confused because obviously I was too young to too be young, reading. Yeah. And so I waited. Then I think the first movie came out a few years later, and I watched the first movie and then loved I was like this is amazing so then I went back and like Mm. read the books but it took me I have a problem even still to this day kind of is like a big fiction world is like not being able to imagine all these different characters 
So like seeing Harry, Ron and Hermione and then in my brain I could like put these people into their mm-hmm. who all they were. And like there was more. an artist who did. You should take a look at the article. He read the books and then did sketches of what the characters are supposed to look uh, like based, on, in, like their based descript- on like their description in the books instead of like basing it off of like Emma Watson and what she looks like. Yeah, it's very interesting. But it took the seeing the first movie to finally be able to go back and read the books. And then I, I read all the books and watched the movies kind of as they came out from there and I went to the midnight premiere of the book the last book coming out at Barnes and Noble like we like it was after a play in high school and all of us like did our play and then we went still in our makeup to the Barnes and Noble and got in line <laughs> and then got really our last cute. book so of course yeah. you did Aww. that's cute my um my dad used to travel for work a lot yeah and he brought back Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone from England in like 1998. Wow. So it was shortly after the book had been released there, but I think it was right before it came out in America. Mm. Like it hadn't quite made it here yet. Um, And that was when I was 11 years old. I'm mm. a little bit older than you guys. So I have been reading. I thought you were going to say, I'm a little bit older than that now. <laughs> Um, but I've been reading the Harry Potter books because he kept traveling back and bringing the books back like as they came out. Right. He kept traveling back and, and I I read Harry Potter and aged with Harry Potter. Right. I you was were eleven. First year Hogwarts I was eleven came. when he went to school the best at way eleven. To read it. Um and it was just kind of like really cool. <laughs> um but also he would tell me like very firmly, especially once it like really caught on that I was not to tell any of my classmates at school like how uh-huh. the books went and like anything not else because it, it wasn't yeah. fair. Um, you but, couldn't just like lend it out to the, <laughs> your friends. You're like, these are mine. Heck no. I was rereading them multiple times as soon as I finished. Do you remember the scene in um, The Devil Wears Prada where mm. Meryl Streep is like, mm-hmm. I want the I want the manuscript, <laughs> the unreleased book. Yes. yes, that was how I felt. And then she's like, well, I have twins. So how are they, were they supposed to share? Yeah. She oh. goes, oh, I have two printed in. But it's like, mm. that's what I think about when your dad and coming back And as much as with. you were like, wow, she's a bitch. I have a sister and I would have been like, yeah, I'm not sharing the unreleased manuscript <laughs> with my sister. Like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, give me my yeah. own. I bought for Christmas for my brother. I bought him like a nice set of all the books because he's been listening to them on mm-hmm. audiobook. Mm-hmm. And he has Each no use one. for that because he's been listening to them. On so audiobook. I bought all these books and then they're still like in their plastic wrap mm-hmm. downstairs. It's like he's listening to them on audiobook. He doesn't want the. You should reread them. Now that's re-re-re-re-re-re-re-re what I'm going to take them and start yeah, rereading them myself. Them. I mean, it's just it's like such an interesting world. And that was actually, I think, the difference between our experiences is that I didn't I, I read all the books, like not all of the books, but I read most of the books before the movies ever came out. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I had these. Um, images and and perceptions of these characters in the space and whatever else and they're never as fully formed as seeing it in right. film like obviously mm-hmm. like my mm-hmm. my imagination is not quite so rampant because mm-hmm. especially as I was like voraciously devouring mm-hmm. these books did so, you find that you like imagine things differently than the movie portrayed them as yes definitely yeah. I mean especially because there are obviously some differences in mm-hmm. the movies versus the books but I was not unhappy mm. with I, maybe some of like the haircuts <laughs> 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 but but I was never fully displeased uh. yeah I think I always wanted Harry Potter to be taller. Yes, I did too. Um, than Daniel Radcliffe is in comparison. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you really think about it, like Ron is described as tall and lanky, so like he's taller than Harry. It like it all yeah. sort of works, Evens you out, know. Yeah. Um, 
and and I just kind of appreciated having that little moment to myself to like mm-hmm. imagine these things, but then yeah. have it be so much more wonderfully fleshed out mm. with the benefit of the movies after the fact. So yeah. I can't even imagine trying to imagine something as massive as Hogwarts and like the like no, it's in, insane. without like, having the assistance of like of thinking of the yeah. castle. Like I, yeah. I can't. Yeah. It, there's so many ways that that could go. Oh yeah, yeah. My image of Hogwarts when I initially read it was so different than the movie came out. But as soon as the movie came out, I was like, no, that's what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> like in my head, it was like a slightly different castle with like slightly different things. But yeah. like as soon as you see the movie, you're like, okay, no, that's what it's supposed to be. That's okay. Well, I have in front of us as big fans of um, Bumcrane and Rose of some conspiracy theories. Oh heck yeah! I have here some of yes, the. Yes, yes. Uh, from the BBC's website, some of the most popular, quote unquote, Harry Potter conspiracy theories. So yes. we'll read a couple of them and um, see what we think and see if, if we think they're true or <laughs> not. I'm so excited. And this first one is a great, uh, a great theory. I hate this image attached to it, though. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so this one's first called Rombledore. Ron Bledore. <laughs> Albus Dumbledore is actually a time-traveling Ron Weasley. No, I hate okay. it. And what? here's what it says. No, I hate it. In a nutshell, this theory suggests that Dumbledore is actually Ron from the future. How else does Dumbledore constantly know what they're up to? How else do you explain those physical similarities? Similar nose, scars on the same knee, long fingers, okay, naturally red hair, and a passion for chocolate frog They're the only sweets. people that have those. Yeah, nobody else. <laughs> nobody else. Then there's the fact Dumbledore sees himself holding socks in the mirror of Erised, which shows people's deepest desires in the Philosopher's Stone, trying directly, tying directly to Ron never appreciating his mom's Christmas socks. What? It's a theory that's been around for years, documented <laughs> extensively by folks like um, The Toast and... There are some flaws thinking, though, as it originates before Ron hooked up with Hermione and Dumbledore later was revealed to be a homosexual. So, No, I don't agree. Sorry. (laughs) I don't agree. So sorry. I think that we're seriously grasping at straws. (laughs) We're like digging for something that's not there. If the evidence was like they both have the same back tattoo (laughs) that's you know this giant specific individual thing and they have the phoenix it's the phoenix wild and like they have both of them standing in front of them and they like stab ron in the ribs and then dumbledore has the scar appear in front of like that's the only way i'd buy it well and also when they talk about the time i'm about to geek out real hard they talk about the time turner the and that hermione has and the whole premise of it is that you're not not the whole premise but like you're not supposed to see yourself right when you go in back into the past like let your past self see your future yes like you're not allowed to like see that so that defeats the whole purpose but does that of that change like, when and the whole idea behind that is that you'd like potentially attack yourself or whatever or like else know yourself so or know like, yourself yeah, yeah but if there's no way that you would ever, ever draw that conclusion that dumbledore is ron you know in the future <laughs> ron then, like, doesn't know he's maybe dumbledore it's safe yeah. Yeah, yeah like ron would never look at him and go you know what that guy looks familiar i think he's me <laughs> I don't know. I don't like it. All right, here's another here's another good one. <laughs> Makes me uncomfortable. Dementors, the prison, I call them prison guards, but yeah. of Azkaban, yeah. um, can sniff guards. out Harry's extra soul. So, Dementors have always loved a bit of Harry gliding in like... Sorry, I cannot read. Dementors have always loved a bit of Harry gliding in like sinister moths who is spectacled for flame. Whoever wrote this, wow. <laughs> Lupin had always said it was down to the horrors of Harry's past that drew him in, but there's an alternative theory. And 
as we know now, one of the Horcruxes, Harry himself, spoiler if you haven't seen it, was carrying a part of Voldemort's soul inside of him, therefore embodying a part of him. The Dementors were therefore instantly attracted to him for that two-for-the-price-of-one soul situation. No, I think that's real. I I find that to be very practical. But I think that's stated in book seven. Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they talk about that in book seven, don't they? They're like, (laughs) yeah, the the Dementors really liked you because you're a piece of Voldemort, and they like... They eat off of, oh. eat, not eat, but they like suck the soul the of people at Azkaban yeah, yeah. because they're like, they suck the happiness. Like, I'm pretty sure they yeah. say that. In the thing is, like, I would think that Harry with, I mean, if you disregard the soul part, Harry would not be as delicious because he has far less happiness. He's like a yeah. walking trauma pit. Yeah, he's a walking so, trauma like, pit. So like, if you look at like Ron Weasley, who comes from like a happy family and he's always been yes. cared for, he's got lots of caring siblings and parents and he's always been, you know, like cared for. He would be a far more delicious soul meal. Yeah, yeah, than yeah, yeah. Harry. Delicious and they're standing right next meal. to each other. So, like, <laughs> yeah. come on, there's got to be something else at play there. Oh yeah. Well, and also it. like the death, not Death Eaters. The Dementor is like everyone put them in the same little lump as Voldemort yeah. and the Death Eaters and stuff, but they're not. They're just guards of Azkaban, and they always say in the books like. Oh, if Voldemort got control of the de- like the Dementors, we'd be so fucked and like all that stuff. But, like they're not; they're on their own little team off to the side. So, one last conspiracy theory here, and I'm very excited about this one. <laughs> <laughs> this one's called "Everyone in Hufflepuff Was High." Puff, get it? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just puff th- and puff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> A theory so simple it couldn't really make more sense. It's one in one fell swoop. It explains the unwavering jolliness of Hufflepuff, their tendency to be a little spaced out, and the relevance of Huff and Puff in their name. Uh-huh. The answer, they're constantly stoned. <laughs> in the unlikely event you need more evidence, there's a whole Tumblr link here as well. But, I mean, we have at least one Hufflepuff. We don't know about two Hufflepuffs here in the room with us, but can you confirm? Oh, yeah, I'll be taking the sorting quiz um, mm-hmm, today mm-hmm. as part of this episode, yeah. so um, I'm going to oh. abstain from siding with any particular I mean, house. So one confirmed Hufflepuff. I am here. a Hufflepuff, and I will say I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say no, but also, like, Hufflepuffs are the most pleasant of the houses. They just, like, want to seek and find and be happy, and, like, yeah. they're just pleasant, so, like, hell yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, they're just happy to be here. They're you know the, what I'm saying? The cottagecore lesbians. <laughs> yes, we are the, the cottagecore lesbians. The Harry Potter world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, I mean, this is prefacing a little bit, but like, I'm a Hufflepuff. Zach Slytherin. Andrew here thinks he's a Ravenclaw. I'm wrong. You're I was, wrong. I was Gryffindor. <gasps> well, is if Elise Griff- is a Ravenclaw, we complete the the quad. Oh wow. I'm gonna abstain because I don't know. Yeah, yet. yeah, we'll, we'll find out. out. We'll hold. And so my last little thing that I was reading, this is a separate article on secrets you didn't know about the filming of Harry Potter. And this one like kind of broke my heart because I love Alan Rackman, who played Snape. Rest in peace. Brilliant actor. Um, not this one. Where's the... Um, it was this one. Um, so there was a lot of times on set in the earlier movies where Alan Rickman would degree, disagree about his betrayal or things the directors were asking him to do um, because... Earlier in the process, J.K. Rowling told him the 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 longer game of Snape and the fact that him and Lily, he was in love with Lily and the promises that he made. He's about got a huge Harry. redemption he knew, arc. He knew all the tea. Yeah. Yes. And, the, and not then, the directors or anyone else in the cast was allowed to know this information that he had. So there were a lot of times in the filming of the earlier movies that he would say, like, knowing what I know about the future, like, 
I'm not going to do that. Yes. I can't do that. That doesn't work. Yes. With wow. my whole overarching story. Interesting. So it's really, and he was the only one that knew that arc. Yeah. Not any That's of so the others. That's really great. So it makes me sad. Yeah, that but is sad. Cute. But that's kind of cool that he got to like create the character with J.K. Rowling yeah. and not be like directed as a sort. Like yeah. he I mean, was kind of like in method like acting, reminiscent of his character mm-hmm. yeah. being the only one that knows like the full truth of everything. Yeah. I mean, aside from Dumbledore, but like yeah. he's the only one, and everyone else is judging him for all of these things. But yeah, it's you know him as an actor and then him as a character. It's yeah. all the same sort of like no one really knows mm-hmm. the full truth. I will say, I don't think Snape deserved his redemption arc. I'm a little bit heated about that one. <laughs> For That's sure. One of my, child abuse is child abuse. I think abuse. he like did not deserve his redemption arc. And I think Malfoy, Draco Malfoy, mm-hmm. I need to preface because there's a lot of Malfoys. Draco yeah. Malfoy deserved a redemption arc. And I could go off. But I just need to put that out there. I well, think Snape a was a I... fine character, but like did not deserve the redemption arc he was given versus Draco. Especially the honor of having his name yeah. incorporated into the Harry's child. children? Yeah. Harry's children. Like, that was the weirdest that's, moment. That's major trauma right there like harry naming a like child stockholm after his, syndrome yeah his abuser like no no man tortured me nah, and my family but like yeah yeah my child <laughs> I object shared dumbledore's name with snape no i'm heated see you later well, while we argue <laughs> let's play some more music yeah <laughs> this next one is called going back to hogwarts and it is by this is the, the star kid musical the um oh my gosh a very potter musical no yeah. way Bye. You got it. There it is. And it's going to be a bop, so enjoy. Underneath these stairs, I hear the sneeze, hear the glass of my cousin, my uncle and my aunt. Can't believe how cruel they are, and it stings my lightning scar to know they'll never, ever give me what I want. I know I don't deserve these awful rules made by the Dursleys here on Brivet Drive. Can't take these stupid muggles, but despite all of my struggles, I'm still alive. It's like a summer and just waiting around. And it's September, so I'm skipping this town. Hey, it's a mystery. There's nothing here for me now. Gotta get back to Hogwarts. I gotta get back to school. I gotta get back to Hogwarts. Where everybody thinks I'm cool. Back to witches and wizards and magical beasts. And pop ghosts and your magical My firebolt gun came to the sky Away this year anyone's gonna die And it's gonna be totally awesome I'll cast some spells with the flick of my wand Defeat the dark arts, yeah, bring it on And do it all with my best friend Ron Cause together we're totally awesome Yeah, cause together we're totally awesome I was hiding! It's been so long, but we're going back. Don't go for work, don't go there for class. As long as we're together, gonna kick some ass, and it's gonna be totally awesome. This year we'll 
of our dorm.
the best sound. You guys rock. Let's give one more thanks to Charlene Kay and the Brilliant Eyes and the Brilliant Brothers for coming out. Oh, everyone, get out of here, please. Welcome back to Bump Grind and Rose. So, we got some nice ASMR of Kate opening bags over here. <laughs> Can I do it right in the mic? Yeah. yeah, what you got there, Kate? So, I went to Target. Because everyone as loves she does. Target. I, yes, I love Correct, Target. Yes. Um, and I got these stupid little toy things that I've definitely not gotten before and definitely did not get the rare collectible invisible Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> these are little keychains? This, so, this one's a keychain, it's a bag tag. Uh-huh. So in this one, you can only get one of the like the main characters. Okay. So you can get like the trio. It's a random one. Yeah, it's a random okay. one. You can get the trio, um, and there's two different Harrys. One he's riding a broomstick. One oh, there's three different Harrys. One he's riding a broomstick. One he's normal, and one he's invisible. And then you can get Draco Malfoy. And the other one is like a whole slew of characters. And they're all keychains. The little one is not a keychain. The little one's just like a little collectible. Oh, I see. But one of them is a keychain. So we're well, each going to open these mystery packages. Yeah. Stabbing so this, them open with a pen right yikes, now. But that is danger. So this chaos kid want, is here. Do you want a tool? No, 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 no. no. I'm she a has strong... one. It's a pen. <laughs> and then a tool that's designed for such activities. It is no. a pen. I have okay, a pen. Wait, and we're going to open these, right? Yes. So let me explain <laughs> what we're doing this segment. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So we're going to be doing a bunch of things all at once in this segment. And it's going to be chaos time. But I think it'll be fun. Elise is going to be taking the official Harry Potter sorting quiz. Yes, correct. So over there, while she does that, Kate and I will be talking about these pop-up figurine things. We'll also be talking about my trip to Harry Potter Studios in London. open hers first before she takes it or after? Or maybe as a congratulations for finishing the (gasps) I like a congratulations. I like that a lot. Yeah. So do we have any guesses as to what we think Elise is before she does it? I think she's going to be... I think we're similar enough. I mean, we're also both Libras, (laughs) but... (laughs) I'm leaning towards like a Hufflepuff or a Ravenclaw because yeah. Lisa's like a very smart lady. She's like a seeker, a finder. I think you, She's like you want me to be a Ravenclaw though, just so that no, we have no, this no. beautiful, neat I think little <laughs> four people in the room, four houses. I think. Uh, uh, I don't think Elise she's a Slytherin. I'm gonna like no, mix that right in the I bud. I think Elise could be though a Gryffindor. I think so. I think she's someone who like views truth and justice and like bravery more than like the other things. So like, I think she could yes. be any of them, but she's not a Slytherin. Sorry, <laughs> I, I'm not taking offense to that. <laughs> so definitely not a Slytherin. If there's good questions that come up that you that you wrestle with, feel free to interject and tell us about what's going on over there. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, yeah, I'll just I'll start trucking through this. Then. Great, great. So right, see you on the Kate other side. and I are going to look at our little pop figurines and see what we got. Yeah, yeah. Do you uh, want to go first? Yes. Okay. So Zach's opening the little collectible one. Who'd you get? Hagrid, I think. Like a hat. <gasps> yeah, that's Hagrid. Look, Ooh, how look cute at him go. Is. He's a little silver. He's Warlord. cute. He's got like a. Is it like a for a pencil topper? I think so. Maybe oh, you can like. Cute. I use it to hold my incense. My rare collectible Harry Potter. I put my incense in. <laughs> titanium. I got Titanium Rubius Hagrid. This is what I got. What'd you get, Kate? I got Dumbledore. Titanium look at him. Dumbledore. Look at his head so big. Look at him go. So my other one is a Harry on a broomstick. That's for Elise. Harry on a broomstick. I'm so sorry. I didn't get you one. Harry on a broomstick. Do you want to open? Ah, so cute. (laughs) They're all ignoring me. Do you want this one? (laughs) (sighs) I forgot. Well, I got my keychain is Harry on a broomstick. Do you want this one? Do you want to open? No, it's fine. Andrew's cranky. All right. (laughs) 
What did you? <gasps> I got hair and a broomstick. Oh, it's a sign. It's a little wiggly back here. It's like a little broomstick's broken. <gasps> What's broken? Oh, it is broken. Sad. I'm a props master. I'll fix it. Yes. I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> so with that, I wanted to share a little bit. I brought up some some uh, souvenirs. Two years ago, my best friend Maggie and I were lucky enough. We went to London for 10 days and we went to Harry Potter Studios. And let me tell you, we spent like five hours there. You get a ticket and you can just like walk through all of the I think they'd sets. find me at closing, like hidden behind the Hogwarts Express. Like, And you like walk through, you can like walk into the Hogwarts Express. You can go into the potions classroom and the common rooms and Dumbledore's office and just like see. And those are like the actual sets they filmed on, so which crazy. is so cool. And just it was started out like amazing. And then you end and the last room is the um, castle, like the the outdoor shots when they do the outdoor shots of the castle on like a crane or something you can like see it and there's like john williams's score playing and it's just beautiful then they you of course like go into the gift shop and hence my outfit today (laughs) Ah, it's so good though it's so good so i brought kate and elise a little present that i haven't opened i bought it in london and i haven't (gasps) opened it since i went to london And it was just been sitting on my bookcase, and I want them to open it. I kind of want the card inside. But That's so real, though. Yeah. So this is a chocolate frog. You're really going to put me in that headset, that headspace. Like, I'm really going to, like, start going through it all of a sudden. And so I want them to <laughs> open it. I mean, I don't know. I got it two years ago. So I don't know if the chocolate's still, like... Does chocolate expire? I don't think so. You can get, like... Gross? I'll eat it if you don't. But then, so... And then we'll see what the card is. And if you don't remember chocolate frogs from the movie, there are live frogs that, that were like magically enchanted. Pop out the window. Chocolate and frogs, stuff. yeah. And there's a wizard card, a witch's and wizard card in the back of each Dumbledore one. collected them. Yes. He was also on one. In one of the books, too. I'm like really geeking out over here. In one of the books, too, he says, or they're talking at the Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. And they're like, Dumbledore only wants to just stay on the wizard and witches cards and the chocolate frogs like everything else he's taken off of he's like yeah fuck it whatever it's fine he's like don't make me headmaster i'll get over it it's fine but do not take me off the cards and the chocolate frogs he was like i will be mad that is a thick frog it's been what's our witches and wizards card Ooh, beach! You got hufflepuff <gasps> it's helga hufflepuff helga hufflepuff wow <laughs> here baby yeah look at her She's real cute, little redhead. This is a thick frog. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, What it, tell us about Helga. She's your queen. She's my lady. Uh, Helga Hufflepuff, trademarked. Need everybody <laughs> says trademarked. Uh, one of the four celebrated founders of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, Helga Hufflepuff, was particularly famous for her dex- dexterity, that's the word, dexterity, <laughs> at food-related charms. <laughs> Wow. Many recipes traditionally served at Hogwarts feasts originated with Hufflepuff. I'm the snack house. I'm the house for snacks. You are truly the house for snacks. I mean, yeah, me and Alyssa. Alyssa's got to be a Hufflepuff with me. You know what I'm saying? And I just pulled up some of the pictures from when we went to London. But the... um, the castle on the outside. I can't. You like stunning. we're standing and this is the middle of the room and like the lights around and it would keep switching from like daytime to nighttime so you could see the castle and like And that's massive. That's not just like a scale yeah, model. I'm a full standing full person and this is maybe like just in front of me and it like goes up to the ceiling of this room, the ground of the ceiling. It's humongous. So you walk through and it's just they have the um the house from the puffs. Are they the puffs? The from Goblet of Fire. They come in the school. Oh, yes, 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 they yes, fly yes. in. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but, like, this is, like, the stairs down to the docks down here, and it's just... Did you finish the quiz? Mm-hmm. <gasps> she did it. 
Elise, should we so like get a drum roll? Wait, first like, tell me what was your oh. experience taking the quiz? Did you like, were there, what kinds of questions did you answer a lot of? Were you like? Um, no, I mean, it's just like behavioral and like what, you know, your worst nightmare would be and they give you options yeah. and like, um, I, th- I think it's interesting uh-huh. and it's, I, what I think I appreciated the most is that I couldn't, for the most part, you can't really tell yeah, what, what house house. would they're like searching for with each answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to know yeah. what my house is? Yeah. yeah. Gryffindor. <gasps> there oh! she is! Wow! I feel there like it I is. Knew. Yeah, you felt that. <laughs> the foolishly brave. Foolishly brave. Yeah, I just it's I feel true. like my my apparently my brain is Gryffindor and my heart is Hufflepuff. Nice. You're like, like a Hufflepuff rising. <laughs> like I'm a Hufflepuff exactly. with a Slytherin rising. Yes. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your moon? My moon is probably uh shut up. <laughs> there's a there's a popular uh, you probably have seen it, but there's a TikTok going around that's like this question is supposed to be able to like demonstrate what house you are based on the way you answer I hated it. Hated that video. And it was oh, like Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was like it. you're you approach a locked door without using magic how do you get to the other side of the door? And it's like Slytherins would pick the lock, say that they would like pick the lock or see if they can like dismantle the lock. Um, Gryffindors would say they would bust it down. Right. Like Ravenclaws would like go to search find, for the key, search for the key. And Huffle then Puffs would knock. knock. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> that's too true. And the, this picture is me and Maggie as you standing at the bottom of the castle so you can get kind of oh, some perspective so of pretty. how yeah. large this I like that it says Slytherin ambitious. Like it gave you a characteristic of We got the these sweatshirts people. at Target. They were oh, selling really? them at Target. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. cool. So we got matching ones and um, yeah. It's very cute. But it's very, oh and then at the end of they have that oh. quote and then you're just like done crying and it's this. Can I open one of these now? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I stabbed it open for you. I appreciate it. While that. she opens it, the quote is, the stories we love best do live in us forever. So whether you come back by page or by the big screen, Hogwarts will always be there to welcome you home. What? You got Hedwig. Hed- Titanium Hedwig. <gasps> wow. It is. Cute. Heck yeah. Um, oh, I love Hedwig. The Triwizard. Underrated too. Like, sorry, Hedwig the bird, so underrated a as a queen. character. Like, saves Harry's ass multiple times. Is the only mm-hmm. person that can find Sirius. Like, the Ministry and Voldemort are all looking for him, and Hedwig's like, I'm just gonna go take him a litter real quick. Like, right. oh, there's Buckbeak. So, so underrated. There's Miss Buckbeak. Oh. Wow, bird Buck. And uh, you can see a lot of their animatronic faces. Wow. And, um, it was bananas. Me and Maggie in the what an experience! <laughs> Final go. <laughs> um, yeah, is that that's my next trip? I guess it's beautiful. You literally walk through all the houses. You walk through the night bus. Oh, there is our butter beer and butter beer ice this cream. This is all it does look really good. The ice cream, ugh. I think I would be able to get on board with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is all such like a magical realm that I've lived in uh-huh. my whole life. Like it's such like a high up not religion for me but like oh, such a, a high up like, like yeah it's like a huge part of your piece of who i am like uh-huh. i think if i went there i think i might pass out just from like being in the space of the uh-huh. art that i loved like mm, and it, was just wow. that it makes as a theater person like you see such like the dumbledore is the memory cabinet the pensieve yeah. has 800 vials in there they Jesus. said and each one is individually like hand drawn on the front and like they yeah. just like the in, the amount of work and love Props that went person into, really like, like went for it. Well, the thing is the amount of craftsmanship and creativity that goes into developing uh-huh. the visualization for all of these things and the amount of pressure that these people must have felt oh, knowing truly. the millions of people 
millions, millions mm-hmm. and millions of people that were going to take this as like canon, you know? Mm-hmm. The, um, wild. Andrew, did you open one of these? Give him the no. other one. Give him, yeah, no. here you go. The keychain. Sorry, sorry, I sorry, I didn't say you couldn't. properly count the cast. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're here, you're part of this. Sorry, I forgot. What is I it? just got Corey. And <gasps> Harry. We all got Harry. Plain Harry. It's cute. Harry. Yay. It's going to go on my keys. That's Hell cute. yeah. Um, Be careful. The broomstick apparently breaks off easily. <laughs> the only other thing I'll say about the studios that I really loved is there was, an, as you walked in, there was an, there was like a big info thing and a video of all the directors. Because each movie, I think every movie had a different director, at least a couple, like the first three had the same and then it changed after there. Mm-hmm. But there was a conscious decision across all the movies to like desaturate the movies color wise throughout yeah. from beginning to end yeah and to kind of like make a comment to like the bleakness that was the I world as the movies went on so if you go back and watch the first movie it's like very vibrant and bright almost like kids movie-esque and then as you get to the last movie it's like very like it's a war movie it's, it's like dark. desaturated oh, yeah. and gray like, and like yeah. does it pick back up like when they're at the hogwarts express with their children like does the saturation come back because they're like now parents with kids and like yeah I feel like I remember it being brighter, but a little bit, I think. But also they had to do some like tricky nonsense with their faces because they were aging the actors. So I think they kind of had to do a little beauty blending. Well, it's also such a harsh like one of the last scenes before they become parents is like the bleak King's Cross station with the tiny fetus of. Oh, <laughs> Voldemort yeah, and it's Voldemort. just like Ugh. all white so like going from something like that to it was, something colorful has to be drastic. It was really cool as you you watch like this movie in this room and then the screen goes away and you get to the doors of the Great Hall and then you walk into the Great <sighs> Hall and it's like beautiful just like stunning Do you know how much people would pay though to like if they truly did a Hogwarts experience where like you sign up to be in a group of first years and you come in and they sort you with the hat and you sit down and you have dinner as part of like a great feast and then you like go spend a night in your house. Like, can you imagine how much people would, I would pay all of my bank account for that? We Whole bank create, account. Uh, Harry Potter um, bed and breakfast. Ooh. Yeah. They have um a they have Airbnbs, some colleges but... do like a sort it's like sorting almost like there's like a Harvard has like four houses and you, when you arrive you get put into one of the houses and like they live together and do stuff together but like there's, there's a whole industry for that. Like there's a, a like trip thing that you oh, can yeah. go and like live in like Downton Abbey for Yeah, yeah. And it's like they create like they give you a character and they tell you like you have to act this way. So it's a little bit more like structured like an acting camp yeah but i'm sure that exists kate i want it mm. so I have a lot of wants today <laughs> let's take it back to some more music if that's all right we'll take it to some more music and then we're coming back we're going to do a very special compatibility now that we know elisa's house I'm house we're going to see how we all compat with each other <laughs> oh i also took my um patronus? my patronus test uh-huh. what are you what's your patronus and my patronus is a tonkinese cat <gasps> Um, and a Tonkinese cat is a crossbreed between a Siamese and a Bernese cat. So it's Aww. like slightly less derpy cross-eyed, <laughs> a little more filled out. Ah. Very cute. And the interesting thing is that when my mom was growing up, she had a Siamese cat. So that's almost like 50% of my like parentage. Heck yeah. Mm. And it's a crossbreed with another type of cat. So like that kind of makes sense and works wow. a little bit. Yeah. Another fun fact, the I cat's like name was Mewtwo. Oh. Siamese cat named Mewtwo when my mother was growing up you know there's a p- 
Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. you too. A Pokemon. A Pokemon. Po- there's a Pokemon. We're gonna have to do cool our Pokemon episode soon. What's your Patronus? Uh, okay, I'm, have fun with that. My house <laughs> is a Slytherin, and my Patronus is a red squirrel. So cute. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Oh no, definitely. Yeah. Mine's a mine's a greyhound. Very Jenna marbles uh, over yes. here. I have those vibes. <laughs> and I definitely at first had a hard time like, oh, I'm a Slytherin. I'm the evil guy. But then I like now it's like ambitious and like yeah. No, there's cunning. a lot of well, that's the thing. It's like so. not every you know person that came out of Slytherin was evil, or they probably would a have lot shut of them it are, down. But, you know. but every Death Eater is <laughs> from Slytherin, but not every Slytherin is a Death Eater. Not every square is a rhombus. Yes. Not yes. every circle is a triangle. <laughs> All right, back to some music. This Woo! next one is called My Prophecy by the Butterbeers. Uh, enjoy.
Well, at first it was great at the ministry. Had a job and a boss I adored. And I grew, and I grew, and I grew higher still till I don't think I could grow anymore. Well, at first it was great at the Brandon and Rosé. Mm. Welcome back to our very Potter episode of Bump Grind and Rosé. <laughs> we just re-upped our butter beers. <laughs> we are ready to go. It's really good. It's very good. I'm mm. really digging this beverage. I really feel immersed in the culture that I've loved for so long. As someone who had the butter beer at like Harry Potter Studios, it's definitely not. I like the fact that it's not as like milk consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the one there was like drizzled in butterscotch. Yeah. Syrup and that you're and like, else. you get like a milk mustache and then you like want to die. Your like, tongue is coated in. Yeah. The ice particles. cream was chef's kiss though. Mm. Oh yeah. We should get ice cream after this. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Butterbeer ice cream. So thanks for the end of the uh, podcast. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> so normally this segment of the podcast, we always do a little bit of our astrology uh, sign what do the stars have to tell us about our lives and our relationships? Can I also say, I just want to interject. Yeah. I did my like astrology before this on Coachella Kate. Yeah. And my astrology told me to stay away from Zach specifically Shit. was like, don't go near Zach. He's got some fire in his mercury right now. Like stay away from him. I mean, but that Elise and I were going to have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, go hang out with Elise. It's very comfortable. You guys are going to have like an easy day, but like, please stay away from Zach. <laughs> Oh my wow. god! So you so, and I will go get ice yeah, cream. Yeah, Elise okay. and I are gonna head out to get ice cream. But you've got some fires you I have, have to deal with. I've been a little with, salty so. lately. Yeah. <laughs> I've been a little. You have some fire. A in little your marinated. <laughs> so you've got some fire in your Mercury right oh, now. Really so funny. similar to our astrology signs, I think that our Gryffindor house, I mean Gryffindor house, our Hogwarts house, tells us a lot about our personalities as well. And I think theoretically, I yeah. still feel like I'm a Hufflepuff, but it's <laughs> Hufflepuff rising. <laughs> Hufflepuff rising. So we're gonna look at some of our. We have a compatibility document here. This is actually. I think put together by Spark Notes, maybe. So throwback to Miss Spark Notes. Wow. The thing that got me through middle school and <laughs> yeah, high school, true. you know? Um, Part of college. Fledging but let's talk Andrew. about some Andrew. of them. We'll do specifically ours in the room. Uh, Andrew is also a Gryffindor, so we'll, we'll get all of those together. Ignore me. <laughs> so first, let's talk about me and Elise, Gryffindor and Slytherin. Well, me, Andrew, and you. Yeah, me, Andrew. Everybody and, but me. Yes. Yep. Okay, got it. So people think <laughs> Gryffindors and Slytherins can't be friends, much less lovers who hang out in sexy non-platonic context. Well, if oh. you've read any fan fiction, you know that that is... <laughs> There's a lot of Harry and Draco uh, Harry and Harry. And stuff, yeah. Ooh, my favorite relationship is Draco and Harry. <laughs> Uh-oh. Gryffindors and Slytherins have much more in common than most people think. They're both audacious and confident and will likely be the alphas of their individual friend group. While both houses dream of greatness, the Slytherins' characteristic cunning nature will balance out the Gryffindors' fiery temper and general act-first-think-later outlook. Both are seeking external validation and tend to be intend to bore easily, which is why a Gryffindor and a Slytherin make such a good match to avoid monotony. They're usually both up for anything. Angry sex. When they're Angry not sex. making out, <laughs> when they're not making out, they're typically making fun of each other with some well-placed barbs, but they're both secure in knowledge that underneath it all, the other person really cares. I like that it really yeah. went for the relationship. Like they were like, yep. when they're not making out, sexy times. Have you guys seen fiery. the um, the TikTok person soft serious? No. Maybe. Oh, it's like gender bent cosplay. <gasps> yes, yes, yes. Oh, I love them. And they're so good. Oh, I love they're that. So good. Will you send it to me later? Yeah. Yeah, of course. There's right. also a man on TikTok who like goes deep diving through the books and is like, here are my qualms. And That's like, you. oh, so it's me. Cool. I follow him. I DM'd him when I was a little oh, drunk and I was like, hey, I love you. <laughs> So let's do Elise and Andrew with Kate now, Gryffindor and Hufflepuff. Of all the houses, these two are the two that would flourish in a long distance capacity if they had Gryffindors. Wait, if they had to. Gryffindors are passionate and direct. Hufflepuffs are honest and kind and both fiercely loyal. They, uh, they, there is an undercurrent of consideration and understanding in this particular relationship unmatched by any other They've got that communicate, but with a simple raised eyebrow or a slight head nod type thing down pat. In fact, their level of devotion gives you the sense that they could withstand any and all trials. It's kind of gross, actually, in an adorable sort of way. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Ow. Just like my horoscope said today, Elise and I are here for the fight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're ready to go down. <laughs> We're ready to throw down. So uh, my best friend also, Maggie, is a Hufflepuff, so I... 
we have, you know, Maggie, Kate, and I, Hufflepuff, and Slytherin. Got thought it. we were your best friends, but that's okay. I didn't go to London with you guys. <laughs> so I feel like she's winning, you know? Whoa. You never take him anywhere nice. It's true. You know, During this pandemic, I'm sorry I didn't take you to London. I just have a picture of her in the background, so we'll just like leave it. <gasps> oh, oh, she's so cute. She's on the bridge of Hogwarts. Right, I accept it. She wishes um, adorable. We love Maggie. We love Maggie. She should be a guest on Bumcry and Rosé soon. Bring her in. Yeah. So, Hufflepuff and Slytherin. What Hufflepuffs lack in cutthroat ambition, they more than make up for in loyalty, which is like the backbone of the Slytherin house. In fact, Slytherin's stalwart loyalty is often overshadowed by the cleverness and drive that colors their reputation. But what makes uh, what marks a Slytherin is how devoted they are to those they consider their own. There might be a discord in the relationship, but Slytherins and Hufflepuff bring out the best in each other more often than not. Though Slytherins tend to be shrewd, they don't direct this Machiavellian behavior at their Hufflepuff companions and see themselves as one half of an equal partnership above all else. Oh, yeah, I would agree. Great. I think we work together the most out of like people I work with in the theater, uh, just because I'm your assistant and like <laughs> stage manager companion. <laughs> so like, <laughs> like, isn't Hufflepuff's thing a badger? Yeah. So, yeah. Like, a badger is one of the few things that'll fuck up a snake for no True. reason. So maybe it's like, we're cool. We're just going to get along here, guys, because if yeah. we fight each other, it's going to get nasty. Yeah, I won't fight you, though, I promise. I'm here to defend you. We can bicker and quarrel, but oh, like... Gryffindor and Gryffindor. I'll defend you. <laughs> so we have some here, then the house is with each other, mm. which is interesting. Hufflepuffs just hang out and smoke and like <laughs> Ravenclaws hang out and read books. <laughs> this is yeah, Let's start Hufflepuff on Hufflepuff, actually, because this is some good. A relationship between two Hufflepuffs would be an unmitigated disaster of niceness. <laughs> Think Janet Bennett and Charles Bingley levels of utter maddening unwillingness to make the first move. A Hufflepuff's flirting style when invoked in the presence of a fellow Hufflepuff can best need to be described as frantic mid-conversation jazz hands for no reason other than to break the awkward silence. At best, they acknowledge their shortcomings and make things work regardless. At worst, the relationship is rife with miscommunication and the two will grow to resent each other. I was going to say I like agreed until they said we were going to hate each other. Like- it says at best, it's you acknowledge your shortcomings, but at worst, at worst, gotcha. I mean, like, I don't think I'm the nicest person in the world. I'm going to be honest. No, I don't think I'm. Yeah, I think I'm not. I love myself, but I don't. No, you're very Libra. Uh, you're very, very nice. Like, I'm a people pleaser, but I don't think I'm like the nicest person. Like, I'm not here to tell people things they want to hear. But it's but when like, you're with another Hufflepuff, yeah, you yeah, both yeah. are like. Yeah, we're here for it. We're nice. I like we're you, pleasing. but oh my god, uh, uh. <laughs> that's your flirting style. <laughs> yeah, I do like that. Like Hufflepuffs are like a flirtier person, and like Libras are known for flirting. Yeah, I feel like that went hand in hand for me. So Gryffindor and Gryffindor, do you? We can do it. Do you know any other Gryffindors? So Andrew. this is for you and Andrew's relationship. Here <laughs> like we go. <laughs> I, was gonna ask, I was trying to say, is Mark Marshall like Gryffindor? Guys. Oh, I don't know. What's Mark? I don't know his house. Well, let's see. What a Gryffindor and a Gryffindor are how they match. A not insignificant portion of any relationship is chemistry. And boy, do Gryffindors have that in spades. They fight and make up with equal amounts of passion. The flip side is that their relationship tends to be characteristic, characterized by love and hate with some jealousy thrown in there just for the drama of it all. Jealousy? I don't know her. Of all the houses, an affair between Gryffindors is most likely to go out not with a fizzle, but with a bang. And it also... (laughs) And it's also the most likely to reborn like a phoenix from the ashes. Interesting. Wow, this website's really given some uh, some sexy time vibes. You know what I'm saying? I texted um, Mark, and he thinks that he's a Slytherin. 
So let's lastly do a Slytherin Slytherin relationship because we don't have any Ravenclaws here. So I apologize if you're a Ravenclaw. I don't. I don't apologize. They're the worst house. Excuse me. My so sorry. See you later. Um, a Slytherin Slytherin. <laughs> a Slytherin Slytherin relationship could be terrible or it could be the greatest thing ever. They thrive on hating or opposing things together. They will always seek to present a unified front. They drive one another to be the very best that they can be because they consider themselves to be two halves of a single entity. When two Slytherins argue, it's terrifying. Their voices get low and scary and they will cut you down to the marrow using only their words. But when they are on the same page, watch out. We're talking Frank and Claire Underwood levels of mutual ambition. They will rule the world. Damn. You know, (laughs) I got that. You and Mark Marshall are going to take over. (laughs) I mean, I don't see that. But I was was more envisioning like Lucius and his wifeykins like... Wifey poo. As terrible and awful as things got, like yeah. they were all about the appearance. So like mm-hmm. no matter what, they wanted to show like they're together and they're united. She's also and- such a dead weight though. Sorry. <laughs> um, she was a compassionate mother, which yeah, you know sure. they clearly didn't have any time for in the Death Eater circuit. So. No, I also feel like Harry Potter had no time for it. They except for like Molly Weasley, but like she's like the only caring mother in there because yeah. they killed off Lily. So with that, and tonks, <laughs> and tonks, like they killed off all our loving women. They were like, Oof. "Bye." So with that, we're gonna take it to one more song and then come back and say our goodbyes. Mm-hmm. So next up, we have a song that Elise has been raving about. <laughs> Is very excited. It's called "Quidditch Witch" by Swish and Flick. It's my drag name. So enjoy. Quidditch teams, the subject of many wizards' wet dreams. You're athletic and sexy, you're fit, you're fine. So damn hot, it should be a crime. You can beat the bludger, you can dodge it too. Scroll with the quaffle and not let it through. You can fly like the wind, capture the snitch. You got mad skills, girl, you're a hot Quidditch witch. Hey! 
bump grind and rosé and elise it's that time we have to say goodbye Ah. on our 19th episode 19 19 weeks of this and we're still going strong i can't believe it we're gonna have to come up with something really good for next week for number 20 yeah yeah i feel like i keep having to like top myself you know what i mean (laughs) like now that we're on week 19 i just did a whole episode on like dinosaurs like i feel like i have to like (laughs) it was really great i feel like i have to like do you feel that way though i feel like i have to like keep it's always like uh, if we're good we'll think about it right after this episode ends but what normally happens is it's like saturday or sunday and elise and i are like fuck (sighs) what do you want to do because it would be really good to this specific episode and it's such a specific age like do like a flashback to your to y- the year you were 20 episode because mm. 20 is like mm. I'm old enough to drink but you're not but you're 20. not what were we doing at, at 20 years old yeah. yeah that's a good idea what was our favorite music and I didn't what did I was your, a, what'd your life look I like I was a nerd who was too afraid to drink at 20 so like mm. it's very um, cute yeah and we'll we'll talk about we'll, ne- we'll that next week it's very so, cute as always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you're listening live or you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, um, we appreciate you. Please tell your friends about us and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the rep, and we so appreciate that. Um, as well as go to www.seacoastrep.org to learn a lot more about what we're doing right now. So much has changed from like two weeks ago. Yeah, it's really wild. We're constantly trying to make some proactive steps to keep ahead of the I don't yeah. know Terrible whirlwind of nonsense that coronavirus. Yeah, that coronavirus is dealing us so bear with us but you know we're gonna keep putting out awesome mm-hmm. content and this evolution of the plan is a good one yeah. mm-hmm. let me the, tell you uh, Groundhog Day hellscape that is 2020 <laughs> as Miss Hedwig would say yeah because if I don't I will cry oh yeah if you haven't caught Hedwig yet get on that two it more is weekends. such a good show you're not show. allowed to listen to our podcast anymore unless you yeah, come I, sorry I recently <laughs> jumped on on spot for it I'm a, the the new spotlight operator for Hedwig and I have great. definitely forgotten to do my job because I was mm-hmm. so engrossed in the show so yeah. you yeah. know I caused Elise to do a nice little ballyhoo across the audience because I was engrossed. But (laughs) the um, (laughs) and I've been coming each weekend with a different look. So this, I'm going to do something lighter this weekend. But the next weekend, me and Kate have might have a little surprise (gasps) for the wrap of what we're planning. Oh, I'm excited! So it's going to be a good one. Nice. Um, I'm Zach's like makeshift Maggie (laughs) as we go through this pandemic. (laughs) No, it's like usually Zach and Maggie do this, and Zach was like, I can't get Maggie, so I guess Kate's here. Oh no, 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 no. (laughs) 
follow us on Instagram if you haven't already. I am at Z Ahmed Kalon. Elise, you are? At Elise Coco Nono. And Miss Dugas. I'm Kadugs. Kadugs with two S's. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't listened to Coachella Kate, make sure you go back and listen to that for some good chaos adventures. <laughs> I've been a guest on one episode, two awesome. and a kind of a one and a half episodes. No, you've been you've been two. You were there for the Animal Crossing one, which uh-huh. was a blast. And then you were there for my Florida man. Yeah. Florida man yeah. game. Which it's was a lot of a fun. Hoot. And you, you killed him on the Oregon Trail. I did, and I did kill you on the Oregon Trail. Yeah. <laughs> very excited. Sorry. Sorry so, about that. Thank you, Kate, for joining us this week for Thanks this for very sp- Potter episode. I live and breathe Harry Potter, so I was happy to be here. <laughs> Ooh. So we have one last number for you. This one's called Harry Freakin' Potter, and it's also from the Very Potter musical. So bye, y'all. Enjoy. Hey, Dylan. Hey, what? You're Harry Freakin' Potter. Stand your legend man to us all Every son and daughter sick from you know who All because of you, you were small But I wonder if you can recall Story short, this guy was super cruel Hey, Voldemort! He tried to kill you and your parents And this is where it gets intensely cool Should have died, but you survived and then destroyed. This evil guy, and it's a story we should tell. Your heavy freaking father. We don't prefer Gandalf, Merlin, or Oz. You're a whole lot hotter. With that lightning star, you're a superstar to us all. If we're in trouble, we know who to call. New York City. I'm Harry freaking Potter. I do what I can if what you say I am is true. I can't be bothered by my awful past because I found it last from the night.